Today's episode is sponsored by Beauty Counter and consultant Rosie Boone. To find out more information, head over to our Instagram or our Facebook page where you can click on a link and find out all about the safe products that Rosie offers. Welcome to the H&H Hour. We're so glad that you're back with us today. It is March and I am so happy that it is March because it means spring is right around the corner. What do you think, Heidi? I echo that. So this morning, my son and I had to jet into the grocery store in between some errands and school. And he was like, mom, tulips. We have to buy tulips because Heather has tulips. (laughs) And he goes, and it's spring. And I thought, yes. And then a moment later, it started snowing. Yeah, snowflakes <laughs> outside our window. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But my tulips look great, so. That's right, it brings a little cheer into the house. Mm-hmm. Well, if this is your first time listening, we wanna say welcome. We are two sisters yeah. that have a heart for the Lord and for people. And we just want to highlight that our ordinary and your ordinary is extraordinary. Right. We view life through a lens that is um, can be boring or yeah. that, that our ordinary is boring. Right. And we just don't believe that. We believe the opposite of that, mm-hmm. that everything in our life can be extraordinary if we view it through that lens. So my name is Heather Taves and this is my sister and she's also my co-host Heidi Bolt. And we are so glad that you're here with us today. We are glad that you're here. If, um, like Heather said, if this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been here the whole journey with us. We're so glad that you're back. So we're excited today, Heather, to mm-hmm. invite a friend of both of ours, someone that um, we both love and respect. Mm-hmm. And um, this is our sweet friend, Stephanie Wolf. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Welcome to the H&H Hour. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. We're happy to have you. It's going to be a good episode. Yes. I can feel it. <laughs> so I've got to, I've got to give our listeners a little uh, preview. A, a couple months ago, yeah, back in you, November. Was it was it November already? Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So you and your daughter got on stage with me at church and shared your guys' testimony, a really small portion of it. Mm-hmm. But it was so encouraging and so inspiring to a lot of people. And so I'm excited to get to have a longer segment with you to kind of dive into mm-hmm. what God's done in your life. Are you excited? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so you're a listener, right? I have been listening since last summer. Can I, Pretty. can I tell a funny story about you and uh-huh. listening? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> you're a fairly new friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And we just, it, you know, Heidi, you meet those people and you're like, instantly, you're like, yes, we're friends. We're going to be friends for a very long yeah. time. That's how I felt about stuff. I feel like Anne Shirley calls it kindred spirits. Kindred oh, yes, spirits. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So just this instant connection. But we didn't meet face to face until you started coming to our church. Right. And the first time I met you, you said, I've been stalking you. <laughs> I listened your podcast. And I think you might have been one of the first people that ever said you listened that I didn't know. Uh, And so it was a very like, uh oh my goodness, someone's listening that I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So that was really cool. But we became fast friends and I'm so glad that you're in our Mm -hmm. lives now. I think the power of social media Mm -hmm. is really incredible Mm -hmm. because isn't it true that you found Heather on Mm -hmm. social media Mm because your business, Mm -hmm. she had tagged one of your employees and then you ended up finding our church because of that. Yep. And here we are podcasting you. Yeah. Yeah, that is amazing. (laughs) It is powerful. Yeah. I say it all the time. I love social media. I think there's some harm in it too sometimes. But more than that, I love the day and age that we live in where we get this opportunity to share the gospel and share truth and encourage people and love people through this medium. Mm -hmm. I mean, a hundred years ago, this would not have been even a... People would have thought you were crazy. You would have said that you could reach someone this way. Yeah. 
Okay, so Steph, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and our listeners who you are. I am a wife to Tim. He is a manager, has a very busy, crazy job, um, travels two to three weeks every month, and fairly new that this has been. So we've been adjusting to life without dad. Which is also why we're kindred spirits. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. We share that in common. (laughs) And then I have three kids. Jackson is 20, and he's a sophomore at Mizzou. Emerson is 18 and a senior, and Carson is 15 and a freshman, and they keep me very busy. Even though Jackson's not home with us, Mm -hmm. as a mom, just still the constant thinking about, stress about, it just, you know, doesn't leave, so he's still involved in that way, and then... um, And is it true that he calls you? He does very Often. well. Yes. In fact, he just called me before I came here. Did he? Oh. Yes. yes. Did he know you were podcasting today? No. 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 Did you he tell did him? Not. I will not lie. Nope. <laughs> I, did not, <laughs> I did not want to think about it at the yeah, time. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to talk about it afterwards. That yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, yeah. I imagine that it's probably a little bit harder when your grown children leave. Because you don't get to see them. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love about our friendship is that you're a little bit ahead of us in parenting and in raising, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're 10 ish years ahead of us in raising mm-hmm. kids. And so we get to watch you and learn all the <laughs> things to do. No pressure. And the things not to do. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sure. Man. Well, you, you know this because you listen. Um, one kind of the premise of the podcast is that we believe. Ordinary lives are extraordinary, that God does extraordinary things mm-hmm. through them. And so we yeah. love, this is one of my favorite parts of every guest episode is hearing these answers. Mm-hmm. So what's something about yourself that feels ordinary? I am so ordinary. That's why every time you ask this question, I think about it. And mm-hmm. I am, I don't want to say just a mom because mm-hmm. just a mom, sure. there's so much intel, but I'm first and foremost a mom and so ordinary, just taking care of my kids, my house, laundry, just mm-hmm. the normal everyday things that every mom mm-hmm. has to go through and the struggle of doing it all, making it all right, yeah. keeping up with everything mm-hmm. is just the ordinary mm-hmm. daily life that we go through. And I think I'm just very ordinary <laughs> in that way. I think every listener can mm-hmm. relate. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So what about your life is extraordinary? As I thought about it, I think what came to mind is my faith. And when I thought about that, I realized it's not my faith Mm. because I am so not faithful sometimes in being in the word, doing, Mm. you know, all the things that we Mm -hmm. think we should do every day, you know, praying every day, which... I am good at that because with three kids, we all know that you, you, have you to. pray throughout the day <laughs> yes. every time you need to. But being in God's word and journaling and those things, there are so many days that it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I look back at the past 49 years of my life and look at the stages I've gone through and what God's brought me through. And there are times that I was not doing those things, but he was still so faithful yeah. to bring me through those things. And Going through it, you don't see that. But yeah. looking back, yeah. you go, oh, wow, that's that's what God had planned. Yeah, so that's so super good. extraordinary. And then just in the last month, since we did the little testimony at church, mm-hmm. yeah. I have been, I'm big on journaling, always 
that's how I get my thoughts out. I internalize every thought. If you say some, you know, I will just think about mm. things forever. I go over and over and not mm. for any reason. I just want to think of all aspects of things. Sure. So for me, writing down is how I get clarity mm-hmm. to where I'm at. If anything happens in my life, I am writing it down. And after I write it, I go, oh, okay. God kind of brings a realization to me of, wow. okay, this is the next step. This is what I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always perfect, but I always feel so much better after I write it down. So when I gave my testimony a few um, months ago or whenever that was, I found the journal mm-hmm. that I had written back you know, 15 years ago. And mm. reading that just really showed me. Yeah. God had me mm. in his hand at that time and then brought it back 15 years later mm. Yeah, and just went, here, here's what, here's what I'm doing. Here's yeah. what this is about. Mm. So that I've always known journaling was important. But then even after that, the next week I was at a dinner with um, some girls from church mm-hmm. and one of them said to me, hey, just because you said that up on stage about journaling, I went out and bought a journal oh, wow. because I want to keep track of yeah. all these things. And I, that to me was just God saying, yeah, this is good. Keep well, and journaling. Don't, don't you love being able to recall? Because don't you feel like if you weren't journaling that, you would forget some of what God's oh, done absolutely. for you? Absolutely. Um, I think it's partially mm-hmm. mommy brain. Mm-hmm. You know, we were joking mm-hmm. on Sunday that when you give birth to mm-hmm. a baby, your brain kind of falls out with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I love that to be able to go back and to go, oh, wow, I forgot that God did that for me. Yes. And then you recall his goodness yeah. and the promises over your life. Yes. And it it does. It gives you so much hope in yeah. who God is yes. and how faithful yeah. he's been right. to you. Yeah. Right. I and I don't think do I ever go back. I've never really – I have them. I don't know where they're all at. They're not all stacked nice and neat. Yeah. Yeah. But – Sometimes I'm afraid to go back because I remember what mm-hmm. I went through and it wasn't always the best of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of don't want to. And mm-hmm. even going back to that journal, I hadn't mm-hmm. done that. It was hard to yeah. open it and read through everything again. Yeah. And so it's hard. But now that I have gone back, I do see that God, you know, uses all that yeah. to show you. Well, and I wonder because it sounds like you really express yourself through writing. Mm-hmm. And I wonder mm-hmm. if maybe someday God will use that, you know, in a way that's outside of yourself and outside of just mm-hmm. your own journals. Because if you can if you can express yourself in written words and then other people can read those written words and that mm-hmm. can really be mm-hmm. very impactful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna warn you, there's this thing Heather does where she's able to see <laughs> <laughs> these lanes that people should run in true. and see the gifts that God's put on their life. So if you don't want to have to be a writer sometime, <laughs> you should probably just ask her to edit that out. <laughs> and this is where I should probably not even say it on this microphone and to this because that has been from this, and I'm going to cry now, but oh. from this day is that I would write a book of everything that happened. There you and go. it's been a fear of, nah. I don't know how to do it. No, mm-hmm. you know, every fear you could have. Yeah. And I've really been praying about it lately. And mm. then you just spoke that. And I'm okay. Going, well, that was <laughs> prophetic. <laughs> well, and, and we we happen to have a brother that's an author that's mm-hmm. written a book and is writing a book. So Who also didn't know how to do uh-huh. it. That's right. Uh-huh. So, you know, maybe you could just lean into some of his knowledge that there he's learned. Go. and. I mean, no pressure, but we we would cheer you on (laughs) and we would promote your book for you. Yes, yes. That will be next. I was looking for my next dream and there it is. There you go. There it is. Well, I think you do have a story to tell for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, there's so much I want to unpack there, but before we jump into all of that, Mm -hmm. tell us about owning a gym. You Mm -hmm. own a gym here in Peoria, Mm -hmm. local in our city. (laughs) Tell yes. us 
about that. How did that all come about? Oh, at the dreams God puts in your heart, you cannot yeah. fathom. Yeah. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. I do have a degree in education, but only used that for three years and have been home with my kids the entire time yeah. they've been growing up and always wanted to work, always kind of wanted to experience what, you know, working moms do, but I knew that with my personality, I could not juggle both. And about, goodness, it's been seven years ago, we moved, we lived out in um, south of Tucson for four years for my husband's job, and my daughter started gymnastics out in Tucson. Then we were transferred back to here, to Peoria, and looking around for a gymnastics gym for her, and nothing compared to what we had out in Tucson. Mm -hmm. So we made do with what we had, and through the first couple years, um, just kind of kept going, wow. Uh, we knew that Peoria really needed a high-class, high-level gymnastics facility with good, safe equipment mm-hmm. was really our focus um, when we opened. Um, at a competition level, we just saw what the girls were missing, and there was nothing in the area that had that. So I thought it was a crazy dream at first, and it was exciting and fun, yeah. and it didn't come together in like six months. And I mm. was kind of relieved because <laughs> I... I have no experience. And then out of the blue, one of another mom came to me and said, hey, we're interested. We want to mm. do this. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know her at the time. Wow. So over the course of six months, we found a few other families and put a plan together. And my husband, who is very business oriented, knows how to do all this, was mm. so excited, jumped right in. Oh. And within six months, we found a building. Uh, did a ton of renovations and jumped in, but it did not turn out as I had hoped. You know, mm-hmm. as you think it's going to be, oh, yeah, this is great, it. we're going to mm-hmm. do this. And for four years, it's been a lot mm-hmm. of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's put a lot of stress on my family, on mm-hmm. our marriage. Sure. And a lot of times I've questioned, yeah, why? why did we do this? Life would have been so much easier Mm -hmm. if we hadn't done it. But then I do see enough good that's come out of it. Mm -hmm. And I think in the next year or two, I will see huge growth from myself that, I mean, things I've experienced and done. I hated making phone calls four years ago, Mm -hmm. even ordering pizza. I hated, (laughs) oh, I'd always make someone else do it. And now I'm to the point where I'll pick up the phone and if I have a question, you know, so I have grown, that's just a little example, but things I've had to go through. In your confidence and your boldness. Yes, yes, yes. Increased tremendously. Wow. Well, I can tell you it's impacted our family. Um, my daughter, Juliet, is, Mm -hmm. has been a gymnast there since she was, she's eight, so since she was four, I think. Mm -hmm. And she loves it. Mm -hmm. She looks forward to going every single week. She's grown so much in her Mm -hmm. ability and she's been treated so well by each and every coach. And, you know, as a parent and as um, someone who comes Mm -hmm. and uses your gym, Mm -hmm. we would never know that there's struggles, which is, I know, like everything. You would never know. It feels like such a safe, yeah. Fun, yeah. Um, exciting environment to be yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's is... always leadership, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You've got to deal with yes. the behind the scenes. Yeah. Yes. So that the people coming to experience it get to just right. have 
But right. good. Yeah. Right. That's so been the biggest thing that is well. dealing with people. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah. that's what we do want, the family atmosphere. And I want every, I say girl because it is mostly girls, but yeah. we do have ninja yeah. and yeah. boys. But yeah. I want to see, my goal is every child to leave there feeling loved and mm-hmm. a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. And whether it was gymnastics related or not, but to have more confidence. Yeah. Because that's what my daughter gained from it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to instill mm-hmm. in every child you know, that wants to experience it. It's so cool. Well, we love it dearly. Thank you. (laughs) You mentioned that it has, you know, it's been a strain on your marriage a Mm -hmm. little bit. So you and Tim have been married for quite a while now. 22 years going on 23. Congratulations. (gasps) We're old. On Sunday. (laughs) On (laughs) such a good accomplishment. (laughs) I asked your husband, I I mentioned you guys, I said, how long have you guys been married? And he said 18 years. And you looked at him like (laughs) you were crazy. (laughs) Right. And he's like, wait a minute. No, not 18 years. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. So, which we have to give a shout out to yeah. him too because he's pretty awesome. Yeah, I really like him a lot. He's just—he seems he, like he's just always positive and for like, the most part, yeah. he is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It takes a lot to bring out his true emotions. Yes. And yeah. but yeah, he's always—he's on it. Yeah. Always. So, having been through so much in marriage, so mm-hmm. many years. I mean, mm-hmm. if you've been married that long, you've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. What? What's your advice on marriage? I think over the years, we, from, it's funny, I remember the first couple of years we were married, I think I had it instilled in me growing up that you never let the sun go down on your anger. Mm. So I took that as truth. Uh-huh. So I remember we lived in Kansas City when we first got married, and I remember nights we'd lay in bed just <laughs> so mad. Seething. Because I knew we had to get over it before we fell asleep, but <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, and yeah. so finally we realized okay, it's okay to agree to disagree. Yeah. And then in the morning, I am a different person. Yeah. Right. But when I'm tired and when I, my mind, like Mm -hmm. I internalize everything, I have to think. Yeah. So I think getting to know each other and how Mm -hmm. we work, Mm -hmm. we've realized we just had a, we don't have like discussions and arguments often, but it was funny after reading this question just the other night, we had the same thing happened and we laughed and we're like, go to bed. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll talk about it in the morning. And yeah. in the morning, we both were like, okay, but knowing how I am and he's a fixer. Okay. He, yeah. solve yeah. it, solve it, solve yeah. it. Give yeah. me a hundred. I'm yeah. like, I just want to hug. Yeah. I just yeah. want to yeah. say, yeah. honey, you're doing good. Yes. But yes. so I think just knowing that about each other yeah. and giving each other that space. And how long do you think for people who are listening who are maybe just going through this, newly married, and Mm -hmm. they're trying to figure this out. How long did that take you to figure each other out? I think we're still just figuring it out. But that big discovery in the beginning, I think, to give each other grace Mm -hmm. of not, you know, it takes time sometimes. You don't come up with the answer and agreeing to, hey, I still love you. Everything is still, I think, that assurance of, Uh Hey, we're still here for yeah, each other, yeah, but yeah. we're not on the same page today. Let's give it some time. Right. And yeah. I think, you know, today we just want to pound through things, get yeah, to the yeah. answers, mm-hmm. figure it out. And yeah. it doesn't happen. It takes time. I know we, my husband and I have had to have that conversation. We had it a, several years ago where I said, you, I don't always need you to fix everything. Mm-hmm. I don't always want mm-hmm. you to tell me the right thing mm-hmm. to do. Sometimes I just need you to listen. And so mm-hmm. he started to say, you know, especially if I'm kind of worked up, he'll say like, is 
do you need an answer, a solution, or do you just want me to listen? That's right. a great That's a great question, right. though. Right. It has helped so much because yeah. sometimes I do want a solution, and sometimes I'm like, do not tell me one thing, just mm-hmm. listen. And yeah. then he's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And he'll just put his head down and, and listen. And yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was huge for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, so Heather, you've been married, remind me how long? 18 years. 18 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tim, what Tim thought they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're 14 years. So was there ever that time in your marriage when you went, I mean, I just don't think this, this is too uh-huh. hard. Like, I Absolutely. just really want to throw the towel in. Like, you don't yeah. have to give details, but did you ever go yep. through that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we now, both of us will totally agree. And I think he doesn't care if I share the story because it was so crazy but emmy our my 18 year old mm. was i think i was she was i went to the doctor just for like i was 40 weeks pregnant or 38 i think i had her went to the doctor and he immediately said let's go you're gonna have this baby today mm. and i called him and he was in a meeting mm-hmm. he couldn't get out of his meeting mm. so it was like what? You know, it was a huge yeah. realization for We're both of us. We're having a baby. Correction, I'm yes. having a baby. <laughs> and I have babies very fast. Okay. So he got to the hospital in his suit and tie because they canceled the meeting because they heard it was a very small town we lived in. Yeah. And they canceled it, but he was not going to cancel the yeah. meeting. So we just started like, well, this is crazy. So that was a huge turning point in our yeah. marriage. I mean, that we went through a lot of yeah. turmoil through that. Yeah. But through it, we said, hey, nothing is worth this, you know, missing this time. So at that point, he quit the job he was at, and we that's how we ended up in Peoria, actually. Okay. But it was – I was done. I was was going to leave him, even though I know that's not – With a brand-new baby and all. Exactly. You were going to do it. Because it it was too hard. Yeah. And he was not emotionally there for us. So what made you stay? After that incident – you know, we joked about it for a bit, but it became reality. And he, I think God just got a hold of his heart and mm-hmm. just, he really just did a 180 of, mm-hmm. yeah, my family's more important. Mm-hmm. I almost missed the birth of my daughter. Yeah. And that just really, you know, brought him back to reality, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a very um, conscientious, success-driven, mm-hmm. just, I mean, I know he gives hundred and eighty percent in his job just that's a huge focus Mm -hmm. so for him to come home and turn around is that's hard for him but he's gotten much better at it Mm -hmm. over the years don't you think so often in marriage um those couples that don't end up making it they just they quit too soon Mm -hmm. oh it would have been so easy yeah so easy to give up yeah and be done you know, at the time it yeah. seemed mm-hmm. yeah easy so i mean i I think save for like an abusive situation Mm -hmm. I, i think people let their their own right. way, their own opinion, yes, influence so much yeah. of their decision in marriage and yep. whether they make it work or not. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's. Yeah. I mean, I even look at my own people around me. Mm-hmm. The amount mm-hmm. of marriages that started right when mine started mm-hmm. and have already ended, or are on second and mm-hmm. third marriages, and it's mm-hmm. it's really sad. Yeah, you know, just to, yeah. to watch these the the children yeah. around us watching yeah. right. the way yeah. we're right. setting this precedent right. for marriage. Yeah. So, and I think we did go into our marriage. Both of us agreed that. Divorce is not an option for us. We're going to work through things. So, you know, you have those feelings of wanting to walk away and do that. But when reality came to it, Mm -hmm. that was, it was easy to think, Mm -hmm. easy to, Mm -hmm. you know, dream, not dream about, but think about easy getting out of it. But we just knew that we would do whatever we had to do to work things out before we ever, you know, got to that step. Mm -hmm. But 
we were on our way to that for sure. Well, and what an example now for your, really your adult Mm -hmm. children Mm -hmm. who are, Mm -hmm. you know, who knows when they'll end up married, but sooner than later, probably. Yeah. And, you know, to see like, okay, mom and dad, they're not Mm -hmm. perfect. Marriage Mm -hmm. isn't super easy all the time, but they've made it work. And And not taking the easy way out. And it applies to so many other things in life too. We've Mm -hmm. talked about this a lot recently. Like we want an instant fix. Mm -hmm. We want just the easy answer. And, you know, it goes back to God's faithfulness. Like God's Mm -hmm. faithfulness is is long suffering mm-hmm. and weird mm-hmm. to me that way too. Long suffering, that word just has been mm-hmm. playing over and over in my head recently. And like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And what is that, what is required of me in my, in my relationship with the Lord, but in my relationship with my husband and my children mm-hmm. and my friends and my church. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like we are, as a society, we lack that. Mm-hmm. It's more just like, Oh, this doesn't feel quite right. I'm not really happy with this, so I'm going to bail and go mm-hmm. on to the next thing. And mm-hmm. that faithfulness aspect is really lost. Mm-hmm. So, okay, mm-hmm. so teenagers, <sighs> you're you are in the middle, yes, of yes. teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have any yet. I'm getting close. You're close. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pre-teen sure. Uh huh. Uh huh. Preteen for sure. I always tell people when they talk to me about teenagers that I am not. I'm not pretending that it will be a piece of cake, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to speak life and Mm -hmm. fun and Mm -hmm. lots of communication. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to freaking love (laughs) the teenage years because I can already tell it's going to be my jam. Yeah. Yeah. Like babies are sweet and cuddly. Give me all the teenagers. So maybe, maybe that's a little rose colored glasses, but I'm going with it. Uh So Uh tell me what your experience has been with teenagers. I think you hit it. It's the funnest Hmm. and the hardest emotionally mm-hmm. and someday I can't wait to share that part of what we've been through but mm-hmm. obviously we're still going through it sure. so yeah those things are you know still things we're working on right. but the relationships and that's been my biggest thing is being a mom is my ugh, goodness I'm gonna cry again <laughs> that's okay. my relationship mm-hmm. with my kids mm-hmm. and we're very open and starting those conversations of being um, you know, heart to heart talks is hard as they get older because they're really people yeah. and they're my kids, but they're, you know, becoming their own person. Yeah. So having those conversations is interesting as they grow up, but decisions they make because they have a free will. Yeah. I have done what I can do. Have yeah. I done everything right? Absolutely not. Have I you know, forgotten some things or not led them in certain ways. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. they have free will to make their own decisions. Right. And there's been a few bad decisions made, Mm -hmm. but Tim and I are there to love them and pick them up Mm -hmm. and take them back to Jesus Mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is all we can do is love them and pray them through every situation because they're kind of make mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing right now as a mom, especially with Facebook and Instagram, because mm-hmm. you only put good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. You only put all the great things. And it's the highlight reel. There's a whole yeah. period of my life where I feel like I didn't have anything good to put out there. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to sit back and go, we're going through all this and nobody else is, what is wrong? But I know that's not true. I mean, I know everybody struggles and (laughs) has their own things. Yes. And um, so that's the biggest thing is just love them and pray them through. And they're going to have to face their consequences. Yeah. 
and it's not fun yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's hard to watch them, but sure. yet yeah. we, you know, express to them why they have to go through those. Mm-hmm. They, you know, made these decisions on their own. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I think you and I were talking about the, when you're mom, you're a mom of littles and you just think this is the hardest mm-hmm. part of parenting there could possibly be mm-hmm. because you're tired mm-hmm. and it's busy mm-hmm. and you're just constantly changing diapers and answering questions right. and getting sippy cups. And right. like the, the busy side of it is really difficult. The, mm-hmm. the physical side of it mm-hmm. is very, very mm-hmm. difficult. And then mm-hmm. I think you're the one who said to me, parenting teenagers is just as difficult it's just emotional. Emotional. Mm. Yes, I think I said to you, I would love to go back to the days of timeouts and little spankings on their bottoms because <laughs> I was in control. Yeah. yeah. And I could yeah. watch everything they did, you know, every decision. Yeah. yeah. And now I can't do that. Yeah. And as a mom, it's easy to sit back and play through every scenario and what if this and what if that. And that's when you have to say... They're gods. Yeah. They're not mine. And you don't get control. Exactly. So how, how do you practically, you personally, how do you practically wrestle that out with God to go, man, God, I just feel like this is not the right decision, but yet knowing, you know, for instance, your son, mm-hmm. and I don't know him, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm not speaking mm-hmm. anything specific, but like, mm-hmm. oh, this is not the right decision. How do you wrestle that out? Constantly yeah. praying, yeah, writing about it, mm-hmm. and just praying yeah, because there's nothing... We're immediately, like as we speak, in that situation. Mm-hmm. And Tim and I had a big discussion last night of it's out of our control. Yeah. It's God's do job to get his heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all I can pray is that his heart will be open. Yeah. Somebody will come alongside mm-hmm. him and lead him I love that. to where he should be because I know his heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know what God mm. has planned mm-hmm. or, you know, can yes. do through him. Right. And the minute he's ready, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Yeah. But who knows? That could be tomorrow. That's right. It could also be 50 years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think about that and I go, oh, yeah. it's a long I I journey. Can, yeah. I don't know if I can wait that long. But right? we've, you know, growing, you learn as a mom and a dad what works and what doesn't work with your kids. Yeah. yeah. And we've been through everything with him and nothing has worked. So last mm-hmm. night we said, you know what? This is God's battle. Yeah. And we will be there to love him. Yeah. And whatever we need, because I'm sure more hard times are coming. Yeah. But just lead him back to mm-hmm. God, to what, you know, what we started when he was born. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said do. who might come into his life that can speak that. And that's so my heart of Mm -hmm. who is in front of you, Mm -hmm. no matter what age they are, Mm -hmm. that you might be the voice. Because, you know, I think oftentimes Mm -hmm. as teenagers and young adults, especially, we Mm -hmm. don't necessarily want to hear our parents' advice or voice. That is not the voice. It's unfortunate, but Mm -hmm. that's not the voice that really we um, tune into. And so, but, but God is so good to put people in our lives that we do recognize their voice. Mm-hmm. We do hear their voice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, that's such a challenge to everyone who's listening. No matter where you're at and what season of yeah. life, there's probably somebody in front of you that you get to be that voice of encouragement and of showing them back to Jesus or, mm-hmm. or pushing them towards Jesus in a gentle, yeah. loving way. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we all have that opportunity. And I often think, what if it were my son? Yes. Mm-hmm. What if mm-hmm. someone took the time to love my daughter? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. say, hey, 
you know, Bennett, you come on over and shoot mm-hmm. some baskets with me and mm-hmm. let's talk. Mm-hmm. And then that voice is the mm-hmm. one that yeah. brings him back to the Lord. Yeah. 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 Well, I love um, re- recalling God's promises in his word. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you train up a child in the way they should go, right. he will not depart from it. Right. You know, and it may even just be like this hiccup, this mm-hmm. roadblock. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're just, you look back and you go, man, look what all that God did yes. through that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait for that yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll partner with you in, mm-hmm. in yeah. praying. There is nothing like the power of a praying parent. Yes. Right. I mean, yes. Yeah. The enemy better watch out yes. yeah. if you're on yeah. prayer mode. Yeah. yeah. You know, That's right. yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay. What? We're going to take a little turn here. Mm-hmm. You had a health scare mm-hmm. several years ago. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? You want the short version or the super drawn out version? <laughs> you tell us whatever you feel like you should. Yes. Um, I, this all started after Jackson was born. So he is 20. So, 20 years ago, hmm. after he was born, we were living in Kansas City, and it was just me and my husband. We didn't have a f- any family around. We had lots of friends and mm-hmm. um, lots of help, but we were alone. It was just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And you were super young because you're super young now. So oh, 20 I years ago. that were so true. But <laughs> you were young. <laughs> I, I was very yeah. immature, probably, too. Oh. But my husband worked. You know, he's very dedicated to his job and that. So he was busy a lot at work. He was, I think he was also getting his master's. So he was gone in the evenings, left me a little bit too much of alone time, which that's what I thought at the time. And I began experiencing anxiety through the roof, Mm. just panic attacks and got to the point where I didn't want to leave the house. Mm. I didn't, I mean, it really got bad for a while. And there was a point where, um, I think Tim's brother was staying with us and I had full-blown anxiety attack. And, mm. you know, at, at the time, if anyone's ever experienced, which I've learned now, so many, so many. people yeah. do, yeah. that you, I was going to die. Mm-hmm. I knew something was wrong. Yeah. So we went to the emergency room and, you know, they kind of did all the tests and that. Everything was fine. But I told Tim, I said, I have a brain tumor. Something is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So Tim pulled the doctor outside and said, you know, she thinks she has a brain tumor. And the doctor's like, she's having a nervous breakdown. She's fine. Mm-hmm. Take her home. Give her this. You're fine. Wow. So we went home and that's what I heard. Wow. So I, in my writing and reading, learned everything I could about anxiety and panic attacks and what I could do to overcome that. And any book that came out, you know, yeah. I would... Be right on it. And I I learned a little bit about dealing with it and what worked for me, but yeah. it continued, just mm-hmm. continued. Because it's no joke. I mean, I've been there. Mm-hmm. It is not a mm-hmm. joke, is it? No. And people horrible. think, just snap out of it. Yes. Just get yeah. yourself controlled. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's like you can't. And 20 years ago, yeah. it was not talked about yeah. like it yeah. is now. Yeah. I think of my friends that I had at the point at that point in time, I don't think I told mm. any of them oh, what I was going mm-hmm. through. And... Because it, it's almost like a stigma. Like right. you can't yeah. talk right. about this because you right. just need to be strong and get control And when of it. you're going through it, you don't, you don't want really, to talk about yeah. it. You don't want to tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And now, 20 years down the road, that I really believe is the whole why why it begins. Yeah. Because we're holding so much Isolation. in. We're not talking yeah. about it. We're yeah. not telling. And yeah. that just yeah. builds up and builds up and yes. makes yes. everything go crazy. Yes. Yeah. So, so long story short then... Um, we had Jackson at the time. We moved to this small little town where Tim and I were having our issues, which probably didn't help anything. Right. And I was pregnant with Emmy. 
So lots of hormones going on. Lots of hormones. (laughs) And I still remember to this day laying in bed going, I think my head hurts. Hmm. And I remember having some weird sensations and pains and... But I hate doctors. Mm -hmm. I have hated doctors from day one. Mm -hmm. So the last thing I want to do is go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of dealt with it and then had Emmy. And life is busy. Life goes on. And just, you know, you get through it. I had some good days, some bad days, and just wasn't quite sure. But in the midst of all that, God's timing, how he weaves everything together, you know, us working out our marriage, Tim getting a job here in Peoria, our house selling in two days. Wow. We moved to Peoria and it wasn't, I don't know, not too long after that I realized something was wrong. Mm -hmm. My anxiety was through the roof. But I had a friend at the time that I finally said something to and she goes, oh, I I have them too. Same Mm -hmm. thing. I mean, it was just like Mm -hmm. relief that somebody I could finally go to and I had that. And She had this doctor and she's like, go see her. And at the same time, that's when all the commercials were coming out for anxiety, depression. Just take this. You'll okay. be fine. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of went, okay. I didn't want to take it, but I'm like, hey, if that helps me, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I went to the doctor with the thought of, I'm going to get medicine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. So I go in there and she's like, let's just do an MRI. Let's just make sure, you know, there's nothing else going on here. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. So I did that. And I still remember walking out of the MRI and the nurse walking with me, asking me really personal questions about my life mm-hmm. and my kids and this. And I, I was kind of like, oh, but now knowing what she knew mm-hmm. as I was walking out, I go, oh, that poor nurse, she saw yeah. on that scan what they all saw. Okay. So wow. thankfully, my mom had come. Um, they live in Bloomington, so not so far away. So she had come to help me take care of Jack and Emmy, who were two and four at the time. And I got home, and we immediately went out to breakfast, got home. And back in the answering machine days, mm-hmm. there was a, a message saying, this is, I don't even remember her name. Mm-hmm. This is Dr. So-and-so. I need you to call me right away. Um, and I think she was hang up. So I called her right back and she just, all I remember is she said, you have a brain tumor. We need to get you in right away. Wow. And that was it. And I'm going, what do you do with that information with two little ones? I just remember going to the stairs and collapsing and just going, what, what do we do? But then to see God start bringing people in my path Mm -hmm. and the prayers immediately. I mean, within that afternoon, my sister-in-law, who had been through a experience herself, was at my door. Mm. And, you know, people just came around immediately. Mm. And, you know, that that day was hard to get through. But the next morning, I met with my small group ladies that we had at church. And at that time, we just sat down with the Bible and went through God's promises. Yeah. And just kind of go through you know, reading them out loud, praying. And I left that day with a sense of peace mm-hmm. beyond understanding that no matter what happened, yeah. God mm-hmm. was in charge. And it was not me because that I've gone from this anxiety, mm-hmm. worrying, mm-hmm. Yeah. all that. And to have that peace was just hmm. beyond my understanding, as he says it will be. Did yeah. your family notice that? Did, did like did Tim notice like, wow, this peace is incredible? I think so, yeah. I mean, he still saw the you know, the day to day, but yeah, I think we came to the point of, 
a brain tumor is out of your control. Right. I mean, there's nothing yeah. we can do. So we just, at that point, said, God, you know, whatever it is. So to make it a long story a little bit shorter, we went in. They didn't know what type of tumor it was, any type of things. But come to find out, I couldn't walk in a straight line. All these things I didn't even realize. You just thought you were a busy mom. Yeah. yeah. I was just compensating for all these things. Well, and how long was it from the time that you were in the hospital and the, and the doctor said, she's just having a nervous breakdown, and you knew, you, like you said, I have a brain tumor, until the time that it was that diagnosed? That was at least two and a half, three years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you knew yeah. back then. Yeah. You just- Yeah. No I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely knew something was wrong. And um, so they didn't know what type of tumor it was, yeah. anything. So I was going to go in for exploratory surgery just to get an idea what it was and if they could do something at that point, you know, quickly they were going to do it, but they were just going to biopsy, whatever. So we were in the hospital. My mom was taking care of Jack and Emmy at home. And when my mom gets worried, and I can't imagine, I've asked her to this day, how did you go through this? Mm-hmm. In, when she gets in that mode, she goes into cleaning. So my house was spotless. organized, <laughs> spotless. She was just on the That's go, awesome. which was great at mm-hmm. the time. But we went in and they were putting the IV in my arm and, you know, all the little tests they have to do before you have surgery. And a nurse comes running out and she grabs my arm. She goes, honey, did you know you're pregnant? And I said, um, no, I have a brain tumor. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> this was not... On schedule, so I immediately start crying oh, and course. beside myself. And Tim comes back and he's like, "What is wrong?" And I'm like, "I'm pregnant." Oh. And they sent me home. There was nothing they could do at that point. So we left, going, "Okay, what?" We didn't even know what to do. So we go oh. home. We walk in the house, and we did stop and buy my mom some flowers <laughs> on the way home. That's good. Gave him the flowers. I think she threw them down and left. Mm. She just the. I can't imagine sure. just, you know, being so prepared sure. for this and sure. then it all just changes. Yeah. And yeah. at that point, that's really when I'm like, okay, God, mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do in this situation. This baby is yours. So the doctors didn't give you any no, option. They sent us home. Nothing. Oh my goodness. Come to find out, I think we didn't get a message. We should have gotten something, okay. but we went home all day. Okay. Six o'clock that night, they called us back, said, you need to get in here for a CT scan, which oh, I hadn't goodness. had. We go in that night, and this is the reason I love my journal, because every detail. Mm -hmm. The guy across the street from us was an ER doctor. Mm -hmm. He was able to get some private information for it, let us know things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just amazing, the Mm -hmm. details that God strung throughout the whole thing. But Mm -hmm. we went back in for the CT, and they came running out again and said, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Like, well, we think you just had an aneurysm. Um, It looked like... I don't know my medical terms, but on a CT, blood shows up as black or white. I'm not sure. Okay. But it showed up as blood. And so they saw a whole thing of blood. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Well, through that, they found out it was probably a different type of tumor Mm. than they expected. So that was fine. They sent me home. And um, this was like November. And I waited. The doctor's like, we're just going to wait till the baby's born. We don't want to do the surgery. So it's wow. like, okay, we'll just go, we'll just go for it. So we as a family go to Florida for Christmas every year, the entire family. And I just remember being 
so sick because of being pregnant. Yeah. And then my head was just getting worse. And knowing that you have something wrong didn't help. So it was pretty miserable Mm -hmm. two weeks. But got home and on my answering machine, there was another message from my neurosurgeon saying, call me. I think I know what this is. Let's let's talk. So we immediately did. And he did find that he thought it was this different type of tumor. They could do surgery when the baby was 13 to 15 weeks in utero because that's when they do the least amount of developing. Okay. So I'm like, okay. So February 13th, 2001, I went in and um, they did the surgery. And once again, the people, I mean, my two little ones, they were probably two littles, no, but the amount of prayers Mm -hmm. and people. And this whole time I had meals Mm -hmm. for a year. People brought me, I mean, it was just the outpouring that yeah. people did and yeah. helping yeah. and babysitting and taking the kids mm-hmm. and all that this whole time was amazing. But um, they got the tumor out. It was encapsulated. Mm. They It had started um, pressing on the brainstem and all kinds of stuff. So that's why it was having so many issues. Mm. But they said I had had it since birth and it was slow growing. Wow. And it, it was just one of those kind of freak things. But you know, the whole concern the whole time and to walk into an emergency room and see your brain on a screen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it just, I still Surreal. just go, wow, <laughs> that yeah. is not something you really want to see. But wake or after the surgery then was, I was done. I was just ready to go home and be with Jesus. It was mm-hmm. the worst pain mm-hmm. I mean, that anyone, I literally felt like an axe had gone through the back of my head because Mm -hmm. they had all the stuff they had to do. And my dad, who loves pictures, he does have a picture of it, which I I still, I think I looked at it once and never, no, never. Well, and because you were pregnant, could you be on pain meds? So that was the problem. They couldn't find anything um that would cut the pain. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. And, you know, like we do now. So I do remember the doctors, Dr. Wang and Dr. Wong, at the end of my bed with their little books, flipping through, trying to figure out what would not go through to the baby. Mm. And I had, I was in the ICU, but they let all of our friends and family in. Mm-hmm. And everybody just stood around me and prayed because mm-hmm. you didn't I have was, anything else. I, there was nothing else. And yeah. finally, uh, later that evening, they found something, and it was night and day. Mm. And I woke up the next morning, and the doctor walked in. He's like, "What? How are you okay?" And I'm like, "That it just that did the trick. Wow. It was amazing." And then the next morning, we had. I'm sure they probably checked on the baby at some point, but I don't remember any of that till the next morning waking mm. up, and. I can't wait to get to heaven someday and see this nurse because I know she was an angel at that time. And the first thing she said to me is, have you heard the baby? And I was like, no. And I was only 13, 14 weeks pregnant. So to really get whatever that little thing is on your belly and hear the heartbeat right away, that's it doesn't happen. But she put that thing on my belly and I could just hear the heartbeat right away. And it was Valentine's Day. So that is... Valentine's Day is pretty special to me now, but it was strong and beating. And from that day on, it was just lots of recovery. Yeah. And I still have vertigo. 
which so if you ever see me pray, I don't mm. shut my eyes when mm. I look down because I get dizzy. Okay. So yeah. I, I have my eyes open a lot. But, mm. you know, just little things that I have to deal with that really no big deal yeah. in the scheme of things. But just... So how soon did you have to jump back into being full-time mom with little kids? Because it's not like, you know, teenagers yeah. could kind of fend for themselves right, and right, you had little Right, right. So it was right away. Yeah. I mean, Tim went back to work yeah. right away. Thank goodness we had moved to Peoria. My family is all in Bloomington. So mm-hmm. my mom mm-hmm. was over a lot. And then for the next five years, she and my dad always took one of them. And if you mm-hmm. have three kids, you know, to yeah. get rid of one, mm-hmm. it makes all the difference. So doable. <laughs> makes all the difference. So my mom and dad, I mean, they did everything to help me, Yeah, you know, recover and get through that. Wow. What was your faith like during that time? Did it waver? I hate to say this because part of it, part of it, it was the, no, it was the most intimate Mm -hmm. time I've ever had Mm -hmm. because I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. My head hurt so bad through that whole time. And I had so many issues that all I could do was sit and read my Bible and Mm -hmm. journal. Wow. So I still think of those nights I spent on the couch. Mm-hmm. And I I miss that spot because mm-hmm. we obviously don't live in that house anymore. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that was my spot and yeah. that was my time. And sometimes I hate to say that because please don't take me back right. to that hard time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know through the hard times, that's when mm-hmm. we meet Jesus. Yeah. And that's when he becomes our everything because mm-hmm. we don't have don't have anything else at that point so yeah I've heard several people say that Mm -hmm. that have gone through really horrific experiences Mm -hmm. where they said I never felt Mm -hmm. more intimate in my faith Mm -hmm. than I did in the midst of that and it truly is just such a picture of our need Mm -hmm. for God Mm -hmm. and when times are good we Mm -hmm. just don't recognize yes yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah what would your encouragement be for someone that's maybe right in the middle of a health scare or a health journey that is so out of their, out of their Mm -hmm. control. What, what would Mm -hmm. you, what would you say to them? I think the biggest thing is, um, whether it's writing it down for me, it was journaling, but getting all your fears out there and Mm -hmm. talking to God. Mm -hmm. I wrote everything down, every fear that Mm -hmm. I had because God knew them anyway. And even though, I mean, there was nothing I could do. I was so scared, but writing every single thing down mm-hmm. and writing those Bible verses down. And I remember saying it, and I'm going, it's not making a difference. It's not, mm-hmm. it does not change you, mm-hmm. right? Just because you say a Bible verse. Yeah. But continuing, continuing to do it over, it mm-hmm. does seep in. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time, the biggest thing, and still to this day, is uh, worship music picking out those favorite songs. And I still, if I'm having a down day or something happens, I still go to the same songs of this is God speaking Mm, to me. And just that, you know, even the songs that come on the radio out of the blue that Mm -hmm. I really, God knows Mm -hmm. what you need when you need it. We had a um, little accident last week. And in the moment, my daughter says, mom, can you turn on some worship music? Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because it, was helping her, but my mind was going to places it shouldn't go. And as soon as we turned it on, mm-hmm. yeah. it immediately mm-hmm. changed the whole atmosphere. Yeah. So definitely just 
worship songs and putting your mind back in, back in the right place. That renewing of your mind, right? Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. something the Bible talks about that we're supposed to do every single day. And sometimes we need help in doing that. Yes. Like our own mind can't do it. You know, especially if you have a brain tumor. Yes. (laughs) You know, and so the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. gives us those tools and those things Mm -hmm. to help us renew our mind. Mm -hmm. When I love the fact that you talked about you let people come around you to serve you and your yeah. family. And that was hard. It, it is so hard. But, and I think women, especially maybe men too, I just can't speak for mm-hmm. them, but we struggle. I think it comes down to pride because mm-hmm. we yeah. think mm-hmm. well, we're going to look weak mm-hmm. or people might think that I'm not mm-hmm. as good of a, a mom or a wife or a leader. Mm-hmm. If I admit that I'm going through this. And yeah. so I love the fact yeah. that you let your church and your yeah. family rally around you. Yeah. I think that's yeah. maturity. Well done. Mm-hmm. What are you, um, what are you looking forward to in the next season of life? Just a little slower pace. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think the hardest part is realizing that you think when you get married and have kids, you know, things are going to be fun, exciting, but you forget how hard things are. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm getting to the point now where I realize life is hard. Yeah. And I keep waiting to get to that next stage to go, oh, this is. But I know now that's not reality, that things are going to be hard. Mm -hmm. But I do look forward to my kids not having activities every day after school. (laughs) Sure, yeah. And just last night was the first night we didn't have anything. Wow. And it was different. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. were in bed by 9 o'clock. And we're like, oh, wow, this may be. Um, But just for my husband, I really look forward to him being finished with his corporate job someday Mm -hmm. and then getting to have that time. Because when we do have that time Mm -hmm. together, Mm -hmm. even as a family, just he and I, it is just so special, Mm -hmm. but your job and everything that's Mm -hmm. going on gets, you get so sidetracked Yeah, and it's so hard to live in both. Yeah. (laughs) Take so much out of it. Yes. Right. So do you guys get to take date nights? You and Tim? We do. Not as often as we should. And then the nights that we do have it, neither of us feels like yeah. going out mm-hmm. or doing something, yeah. getting ready. Yeah. Sure. So sure. it's been, we need Date to get back can be to. in, yes. indoor, yeah. in glass your house. Yeah. Right. Right. Your pajamas. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. Are the, those are the best ones. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes. Well, I can't believe our hour has literally flown by. I can't either. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there anything else you, uh, before we wrap up, before we close close the door on this session. Is there anything else you would want to share or say? I think it's just amazing. I'll be 50 in Mm -hmm. September, which is really weird. There's going to be a big party, right? (laughs) I hope so. I'm not sure. I'll have to ask Tim about (laughs) that. Tim, if you're listening, (laughs) make note. (laughs) But you know, that always seems so old to me, Mm -hmm. but now I'm going, but you're 50. Yeah. And part of, I am 50, 50. Mm -hmm. Part of me loves that I look back on the last 49 years and I go, wow, look mm. where God has brought us mm. and what he has done. And then, of course, I don't like looking at, oh, it's the second half of life, right. whatever that, <laughs> right. you know. But I just think it's amazing that God is faithful and yeah. he's been faithful this first half. Mm-hmm. And I know without a doubt yes, we'll be in the same in the second half. Well, you look fabulous and you're gorgeous. So, well, thank you. Whatever you're doing, it's working.
It's working. Too kind. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank yeah. you for having me. It's been fun. I know it's going Thank to. You. Something that you said is really going to pierce someone's heart, and they're going to say, "That's exactly what I yeah. needed to hear." That's that's what I'm going through. I can really. I think what you said about the anxiety too is so. Mm-hmm. Like if you're struggling with that, if yeah. you're feeling, you know, you're having these thoughts or these attacks, yeah. or and you're mm-hmm. keeping it in, do not mm-hmm. isolate yourself. The devil. Isolation is a tool, a weapon that the devil uses against us to cause us to not turn to the people around us. And I see it so often, especially with women. And Mm -hmm. man, Mm -hmm. if that's you, like reach out to us, you know, reach out to someone around you that that you are, that you trust and be vulnerable enough to say, this is what I'm going through and let them help you. Mm -hmm. Even just be a safe place to share. Yeah. Well, and Stephanie, we'll t- we'll tag you in our post. But do you mind if people would reach out to you no. personally if they no. are if they've got questions that, about what you've walked through? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, she's a sweet, sweet soul. So you'll love her just as much as we do. But thank you so much for listening. We're so happy that you did. We will look forward to chatting with you next time. Hey guys. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. Heidi, wasn't that conversation with Steph just incredible? Yeah, just to hear all that she's had to walk through and overcome and persevere through. I was so encouraged by her story. Me too. And I just love to have someone who's a few years ahead of us. Yeah. Just saying like, it's hard, but it's so good. Yeah. We are so excited to talk about our sponsors. This is a new season for us, launching into sponsors of the H&H Hour. And I think the thing I'm the most excited about is that we get to promote other people and their businesses too. And they get to promote us, which is really cool. So Heidi, can you tell us a little bit about our sponsor for today's show? Yeah, our sponsor for today is actually a friend of mine. Her name is Rosie Boone. She's an independent consultant of Beauty Counter. And this is a product that I actually use. So, you know, sometimes you hear people promote products and you're thinking, I don't think they actually use that. But I actually do. I I use the skincare line and I really love it. Um, So this is a perfect fit for us. Um, A little bit of insight, Heather, to Beauty Counter is that they have banned more than 1,700 harmful ingredients from their product line. Mm. And these are some of the ingredients that have been linked to things like cancer, infertility, um, skin irritation. By comparison, um, there are 1,400 ingredients that are banned in the EU mm. that, shockingly, here in the United States, there are only 11 ingredients that wow. are banned. So it's kind of a big deal um, that that beauty counter is being so on the forefront of trying to get legislation and laws passed for there to be specific standards for the beauty industry because it is very unregulated at this point. So we're putting all of this stuff on our bodies and we don't even know it and no one's protecting us from it. Right. And beauty counter, they say that they truly want to get safe products in the hands of everyone. Mm. And Heather, I would say for me on a personal level, that's been important in my health journey um, because mm-hmm. I haven't been able to use products that had toxins or additives or lead or all right. of these things that really we've been putting on our skin for decades. Yes. And there's been this huge awakening, if you will, yes. of the importance of not only what are we eating and working out, but what are we putting on our skin? Yes. The biggest organ of our body. Mm-hmm. And um, so I really loved using Beauty Counter and knowing that it's a healthy, safe option for myself and my family. That's awesome. Well, we've made it really easy for you to get a hold of this and find out more information about it. You can click on our Instagram and we've tagged Rosie Mm -hmm. on today's episode. Um, You can also go over to our H&H Hour Facebook page and there's a link that takes you directly to her website. It is beautycounter.com forward slash Rosalie Boone. And 
it's so cool because she can come to you and do little fun little gatherings where yep. you get to try things and, and experience all of this. And so what a cool thing that we get to say, like, what are you putting on your skin? Yep. You know, and is it healthy? And yep. she can help us figure all of that out. So check her out. And thank you again, Rosie, for being our sponsor.